you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And we have a guest on the show right now. Hello, are you there, guest? Guest is here. Who are you? I was Bill Mullen when I woke up this morning. I'm assuming nothing has changed. You still are Bill Mullen and Bill Mullen? Since you're Bill Mullen and you've been on an Ardwater Human Serviette radio show before, please move closer to the mic because you have some more information to reiterate to the people. Yes, by me making that illusion, it indicates that Bill has been on an Ardwater Human Serviette radio show before helping coordinate Philip Random's 1,111 greatest records you never heard. Probably. Please, probably have never heard please explain what happened last time on an Ardwar to Human Serviette radio show and what you're doing today and what exactly is randophonic.blogspot.ca that's a lot to answer to randophonic.blogspot.ca is a website that is the back it's sort of the backup for the radio program that uh, is randophonic that every Saturday evening in some part of the world uh, broadcasts and since November 2011 we have been working through the list the all vinyl and apocalyptic as Mr. Random referred to it 1111 of the greatest records you probably never heard and this whole concept was developed because you found some paperwork and are going through Philip Random's notes you are not Philip Random who was Philip Random some guy on some island and you found his notes and now we're playing the songs that he suggested to the listeners out there in Radio Land again yeah basically it's a list of stuff he left really for his daughter uh that seemed to be what he was indicating but he's an old friend like i knew him way back in like 1980 we met we were both cab drivers so so we kind of on the north shore of the terminal city vancouver so it goes way back and you know we kind of knew each other off and on for various points in time and and anyway he disappeared right around 9 11 which you can read into what you wish i think it has nothing to do with it because uh he didn't like crowds, so why would he be in New York City? Anyway, but he did, uh, the, the, the feeling is it had more to do with agricultural activities that are kind of popular on the West Coast. And um, yeah, hasn't been really heard from since, although we've heard a few rumors that he's around, but obviously not wanting to be found. And you have this great document of Philip Random's favorite greatest records, 1,111 greatest records you never heard. And you were at the Nerdware Human Serviette radio show, I guess a couple months ago, bringing out a bunch of records. And here we are again. How is the countdown going? Because again, this is a countdown. Your radio show is yeah, doing yeah. a countdown. The 1,111 greatest records you never heard. How close are you to getting to number one on your actual countdown? And again, people can access your countdown down Bill Mullen at randophonic p-h-o-n-i-c dot blogspot dot c-a where are you on your countdown uh, as of June uh, 1st we're going to have 38 songs to go which means that June 8th will be the last program so the last about 20 23 songs are going to get played June 8th um, so yeah we're that far we're, we're, we're inside the top 40 all time greatest records you probably haven't already heard in fact we just heard one of them right there that's what the show began with an amazing Steppenwolf tune yeah. not the Steppenwolf tune that I thought you might play the classic Steppenwolf what can you say about that tune amazing so groovy number 391 on the countdown list uh, this is Philip Random here from his notes he, he, he left a pile of vinyl and he also took notes which he left uh, trying to explain what he was up to Malcolm Kale was in my class in grade 7. I guess you could call him a bad kid because he smoked cigarettes, and rumor had it had he'd even gotten drunk a few times. 
But he was small, quiet, didn't pose much threat, and anyway, we both walked home from school the same way, so we ended up hanging out a fair bit in his big house, which was almost always empty after school, no parents or brothers and sisters around to stop us digging through his dad's playboys, sneaking a beer, cranking the stereo loud, but like pretty much every other kid I knew at the time, he lacked cool records, maybe a few Beatles albums, some Rolling Stones, CCR, and definitely Steppenwolf, their first album, and best, the one with Born to be Wild on it and The Pusher, God Damn Him, we love that, actual swearing on a record, but the track that stands up best now is Suki Suki, funky and strong, and at least as cool as John Kay's Shades. And that's what we heard to begin the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, Steppenwolf. So here we go. Round two, Nardwar versus Philip Random via Bill Mullen. Philip Random's 1,111 greatest records you probably never heard. What are we moving on to right now? Some plugs. The plugs, uh, uh, the 671 selection on the list. Uh, plugs. Uh, it's a track called Real 10. Um, I'll just read what Mr. Random had to say about it. If I haven't seen Repo Man beginning to end 20 times, I've definitely seen it 17 times, but I still couldn't tell you how it ends exactly. Something to do with Otto getting into the car with Miller the weirdo and going for a ride, but the car is nuclear-powered or something altogether more alien. And then what happens after that? Anything? Does the movie just end? Clearly it doesn't matter. Repo Man is a movie of scenes and moments with more superlative ones than any random 10 Oscar winners put together one of which is that scene with the flying car, mainly because of the music, Real 10, by a band called The Plugs. The Plugs, on the Nardwara Human Serviette radio show, as part of Philip Random's 1,111 Greatest Records Ever Heard. What number was that for The Plugs? I don't think we told to the people. Number 671. Number 671.
Still listening to the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show with special guest DJ Bill Mullen, who is channeling Philip Random. You are not Philip Random. We had a caller, the Naked Poet. Thank you, Naked Poet, for phoning in. And what did the Naked Poet want to know there, Bill? Uh, she was just trying to get a few things clear um, about the, the the nature of how this all ended up landing in my lap, which is the best way. And as I said, it was really just a case of I'm an old friend of the guy. There's a lot of unfinished business. His daughter stumbled across all this, these albums and all these notes and, you know, boxes of stuff. Uh, it was at least a year after he disappeared. And, uh, and she eventually got it to me and, and uh, et cetera. And we've been, you know, it, it took a long time to sort of get the whole thing organized. In fact, uh, I could go into it in depth how disorganized it all was. It's a reason why there's 1,111 selections, not only 1,000, because there were three different lists. Philip yeah. Random's list, and we just heard right there, number 850 Trio. Could you please explain? That was quite interesting. Was that live? And it's Ja Ja Ja, not... 
Not da da da. In fact, that's what Philip says not to be confused with da da da, which you've definitely heard maybe on the radio way back when in 1981 when it was a surprise international hit. Maybe on some Volkswagen commercial in the past few years, but the rest of that 1981 album was fun too. Simple, straight up little riffs on just how simple stuff could be and yet be cool. Ja 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 was the punk number. Trio, Ja Ja Ja, number 850 of Philip Random's 1,111 records that you probably have never heard but are the greatest records of all time. And before that, number 876, Aphrodite's Child. You always stand in my way. Yeah, that's a really weird one. Afro, um, again, I'll just read Where did he find these records? This is from Greece. Where did he find all these records? He actually talks about, I believe he talks about Aphrodite's Child are a weird one coming out of Greece in the late 1960s, sort of a pop psychedelic outfit that managed to be both sonically extreme and sentimentally cloying, sometimes in the same song, but You Always Stand In My Way goes mostly for the extreme edge. Singer Demi Rousseau giving his wailing all while keyboardist Vangelis tears up things on lead Mellotron. I actually found this one in a yard sale sometime in the early 1990s, paid a buck for it. I remember the guy who sold it to, to me sort of scratching his head and mumbling, oh yeah, this record. Sounded amazing. I've never heard that before. And I looked for more information on them and they actually had an LP called 666. One of their later LPs was called 666. Which is a great double double concept album that's not in favor of satan it's just about that whole idea of the apocalypse and stuff which is something that philip Raman gets into quite a bit and we uh, began with number 671 the plug story to interrupt you yeah. but i just gonna say the plugs i thought it'd be raging punk rock but it wasn't was it no no that was uh, i think they were alex cox he's the director of repo man and uh actually been on the nardward human yes. radio show before Sid and Nancy, uh, I think they for a while they were his go-to band when he needed a little bit of theme music because they have a few tracks on the Sid and Nancy soundtrack too. So, uh, and for all I know, have some punk rock, but I never, I, I don't remember hearing it. You mentioned six six six. six. Yeah, um, this is actually from from the website here. This is there's a page called. Uh, uh, rules and ambiguities. Number seven, there is no clear explanation anywhere in Philip Random's notes as to what the apocalypse part of the countdown's official title is supposed to mean, because it's the all vinyl countdown and apocalypse. Not that he doesn't refer to it often, apocalypse. In fact, you might say he overaddresses it to the point of obsession and obfuscation. And here there's an actual, an actual quote from him. Maybe I just really like the word, the way it rolls off the tongue and speaks to the spirit of things, the end of all things, an unveiling of new things. The world ends in a blinding flash of brilliant light. You blink a few times, your eyes adjust, you realize you're looking at a great white curtain. The curtain part's revealing. I sometimes think I've lived my whole life in that moment of revealing. Philip Random's 1,111 Greatest Records You Probably Never Heard, a countdown show curated by Bill Mullen. And again, if you want to access all this information, not only on an Ardwar Human Survey Radio Show, but the full 1,111 records, randophonic.blogspot.ca. Now, kicking in at number 985, we have Guru Guru? Yeah, these are all really low number or high numbers, these ones. But just a reminder that the countdown is actually getting very close to its ending. We're going to be finishing it up live here on CITR on June 8th. Uh, start, in Vancouver, British Columbia, yeah, Canada. Starting early, actually. At, uh, we're going to start at 9 p.m. That, that night. Uh, Synaptic Sandwich are stepping aside that week so we can get everything done. But yeah, back to Guru Guru, because this was a long, long time ago. 985 on the countdown list. Track called Woman Drum. Uh, Krautrock weirdos getting strangely close to normal rock and roll, but not really. 
in what appears to be an attempt at an actual radio-friendly single, nice try, guys. It would have been new to the world in around 1973, but I never heard it until at least 10 years later. Punk and then post-punk had, had to blow through my ears and soul, had to blow through before my ears and soul were ready for such strangeness. Strangely, I do remember dancing to this once. I can't remember if it was before or after the alien showed up. Such a good drum sound on this record as well. And these guys have tons of LPs. Was Philip totally into Krautrock? He's got lots of Krautrock on the list, doesn't he? He's got the kind of Krautrock collection that you could probably retire on if, if you if you traded it all in. And what about the drum sound on Guru Goo? Do you know anything more about the drum sound, how they got the great drum sound and all their other LPs? Because this is from, what record is this from? It's an album called, it, it actually shows up in more than one Guru Guru album, but the one that we have it on is called, just called Guru Guru which is listed as 1973. Uh, I believe Connie Plonk was the, was the engineer producer on it. And he's the same guy that did Can. He just, he had obviously the brains and the ears to know how to make a drum sound cool. So here we go. Girl Guru at number 985 with Woman Drum. Woman Drum. With the great drum sound. Bill Mullen curating Philip Random's 1,111 greatest records you've probably never heard. <laughs>
my time is almost through little left to do after all I've tried for three years seems like thirty seems like thirty
tell me when to go. Stand in your listening room and push your furniture against the walls. And you're still listening to the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show with special guest DJ... Bill Mullen. Helping to curate, or in fact curating, Philip Random's 1,111 greatest records you probably never heard. And we mentioned earlier the Naked Poet. The Naked Poet still was contacting me and was still a bit confused. The Naked Poet was wondering, again, Philip Random is this person that had this list and were following the list of these songs, and you found this list because one of Philip Random's relatives gave you the list, and you knew Philip Random from driving cabs right yeah Bill? yeah we were old friends his stepdaughter actually and so he contacted you his stepdaughter contacted you because you know you do a radio show and you thought well i'll put this all together it's like a great radio show thing well the naked poet was wondering and i guess i'm still sort of confused and maybe wondering too do you think that philip random faked his death and is living under another name somewhere else well first of all philip random is another name it's not his real name uh it was back in the early days of punk. Everyone was renaming themselves, and he chose Philip Random. So there's that. So, yeah, and I'm not going to give away his real name. Uh, I don't think he was ever organized enough to actually fake his own death, but I think various circumstances happened. He had to disappear. That was clear. I think, basically, uh, I, I didn't want to get into it because, I mean, he's... He, he vaguely touches on it w w with his notes, but of course he doesn't want... Is he going to be mad that we're on the radio doing this? Because if he is alive, would he be like, man, I want to be on the radio? Because maybe he doesn't understand, you know, community radio, that sort of oh, thing. Oh, no, no, but, but he was actually a contributor like, does to... Does he think we're making money off him right now? No, Does he no. think you're making money off him by doing this big countdown? Well, maybe if we publish all this and figure out a way to monetize it, maybe. No, he was actually a contributor to radio I did back in the 80s. I, I, the first show I ever did at CITR was called Random Insomnia, way back when. Also Random Cacophony, a whole pile of shows in the 80s. He was the kind of guy that would show up after midnight... Never, I don't think he ever bought a membership, but he, he would show up and he would, he would tape a few albums. And, but what was cool about him was he was always bringing in cool new stuff. So it was, you know, you, you would open the door for So him. he would be honored that we're going through his list then. Oh, yeah. Total, total. And we're going through his list. We began there with the amazing Guru Guru. Yes, that was Guru Guru, uh, Woman Drum, which we talked about at the beginning. And in the middle, actually, let's, let's, should we talk about the last, whatever. Then we heard some Jesus Christ Superstar original cast recording, not to be confused with the movie, which isn't as good. That's from 1970. That was the temple in which, and here I'm quoting Philip, Jesus loses his cool when he discovers the sacred temple of Jerusalem has been taken over by the money changers, goes all punk rock on things. But seriously, when this original soundtrack recording, not to be confused with the movie version, gets to humming, it's as cool, as funky, as rockin' as any dozen satanic offerings. Of course, it helps having Deep Purple's future main man, Ian Gillen, playing the title role, leaving no sonic scenery unchewed. And then we heard the Beatniks just now, which was CIA. On Jello Biafra's record label, right? Weren't they on Alternative Tentacles? They were, yeah. Um, and they played one amazing gig in Vancouver, like right around the end of the 80s, where they warmed, where, yeah, they warmed up DOA. And it was just, DOA were always best when a hot band was on before them. You know, it was like they just rose. So it was just one of those classic concerts. And about that, Philip Random says, before there was a Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy, before there was a Spearhead, there were the beatniks fronted by a guy named Michael Franti and a mixed bag in every possible way. White, black, Asian, funk, industrial punk, power tools, chunks of raw metal, genuine fire. It all caught Jello Biafra's attention and maybe the CIA's as well. And man, did they kick it live. What number was that of Philip Randall's 1,111 greatest records you probably never heard? That was low on the list. That was 1,080. And right now we're going to kick into number 341. 
Yeah, this is about as different from the beatniks as you can get. Uh, this is David Allen, uh, track called Poet for Sale, about which Mr. Random notes, it doesn't get much hippier or dippier than this, David Allen plucking away on an acoustic guitar, waxing loose and cosmic on various things relevant to the plight of the poet in modern times, except he suddenly starts to bite at the end, like he's been doing a Rip Van Winkle for the past decade, but he suddenly snapped awake, and holy shit, it's 1977, punk rocks erupting off in the distance, and this anger stuff, it feels good. It feels like life itself. It's incredible, too. It's amazing he's still rocking, too. He's still rocking, like pumping out the records. He's like the Soft Machine founder. That's his most famous yeah. for, isn't it? Yeah, he's also, yeah, right there at the beginning of, sound of Soft Machine. So here we have David Allen, Poet for Sale, number 341, as part of Philip Random's 1111 Greatest Records. You've probably never heard, again, randophonic.blogspot.ca to get the entire list. Here's David Allen at 341. Yourself. Get a gnome for your home, or an angel in a taxi cab, or a corpse in a London bus, or a fairy in your dairy milking petty cash. All you got to do is buy me, and I'm yours, all yours. No extra charge. And my hair is real, I tell you. It's real. I beat as I sleep, as I dream. You could have me today. No deposit. And I'm interest-free, too. Interest-free. Isn't that enough? Take me and I will love you. Love you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Swallow your whole master. Your word is law. Wipe your feet on my mouth and I'll wait at your door. 
am, am I really wanted? Am I, am I, am I wanted? Is, is my head to be rented till demented? Look, I'm no brothel full of philosophic muscle. I'm no menstruating minstrel in a bedroom with no headroom. I'm no rotten, ill-gotten corpse of cold glutton to be bought cheap, so piss off, purchasers!
And you're still listening to the Nerd War, the Human Serviette Radio Show with guest DJ Bill Mullen channeling Philip Random's 1,111 greatest records of all time you've probably never heard of. And at what number did we hear and what did we just hear right there? Some Canadian goodness there by the April Wine at, as we look through the notes here again, what number is April Wine? I'm, try, we, I'm trying to find it here. We, we got we got confused in that last set there. That was uh, something something happened. But uh, April Wine. What we heard actually from William Jans. Shout out to William Jans. There we go. Thanks for Eight, phoning in, William. That was 855 on the countdown list. Uh, we can be more than we are. A inspirational song, which doesn't even have a date on it here. I think that was around 1975 or something. From the album, The Whole World's Gone Crazy. Um, Philip Random wrote about that. Uh, this is a Canadian band. They actually come from my mom's hometown, which is uh, Halifax, or Waverly, Nova Scotia. But they, they sort of got famous around Montreal. A nifty little jam from one of those quintessential Canadian middle ground rockers who got so much radio airplay through my uptight teenage 70s. But they never played We Can Be More Than We Are on the radio. No, you had to actually put the album on, side one, toward the end, cool groove, hot licks, and then a phone call, some stone guy on the line, looking for an easy break in the music biz. But all he gets is advice, the kind every young man needs. You can be more than you are. And before that, we heard at number 298, Them! Them, I Can Only Give You Everything. That, of course, well, I'll just, again, I'll let Mr... Philip Random explained, I honestly can't hear much difference between them and what the Rolling Stones were up to at the same time, mid-1960s, putting electricity to the blues, kicking great unnecessary holes into the everyday peace and quiet. The weird part is that it's Van Morrison doing the howling, offering nothing short of everything, yet everything is clearly not enough, you just can't please some people. And before that, we began with some... Oh, that was David Allen, uh, Poet for Sale. And you were saying with David Allen, you actually saw a gig of his, and it was members of Skinny Puppy in the audience. It's like a dream, because it seems so strange. It was, uh, it was some obscure theater around Main Street, and it was either the late 1980s or the early 1990s, and, and, the, and the mix of people at it, there was like the most extreme sort of new age hippie types. There's myself and a few friends who you know, grew up in the suburbs, uh, and then pretty much the entire band of Skinny Puppy were there as well. And, there, and, and there's actually, the, the, the show began, believe it or not, with David Allen walking out. He had some drones going. He got everyone chanting and holding hands. There was about 50 people there. So I was in a big human circle of hand-holding, um, including the members of Skinny Puppy. Amazing. Uh, it was a new age experience, I tell you that. And that is not in Philip Random's notes, is it? No, no, that's, that's personal experience. I've, I, I've also lived a bit, but, you know, that, that'll be another radio show. Uh, and, and continuing on right now with Philip Random's 1,111 greatest songs of all time you've probably never heard. Again, check out, check out randophonic.blogspot.ca for the full list. We are moving into some territory here that is very dear to you, isn't it? Uh, which one's that? We, we, we are moving into something that is very, very dear to you, the Mothers of Invention. Oh, oh yeah, I thought we were going to get to them at the end of this set, but uh, we could play them off the top. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. This is the confusion that I have. Yes. I get it all mixed up. Yeah. I got the Mothers of Invention mixed up with Robert Fripp. It's R two separate R numberings. With, and I didn't even say Fripp, right. Sorry, do people get Mother of the Invention, Fripp, and Gabriel all mixed up? What would Frank Zappa think of me getting him mixed up with Robert Fripp? Uh, 
That's a good question. Frank Zappa, I'm actually reading a book about him right now. I could t- he doesn't mention Robert Fripp, but he was always he was apparently was a big fan of Nectar, which was a new discovery for me. Who was like a they were progressive psychedelic rock out of Germany, but they were actually English people. Like they were like the Beatles had gone to Germany to to play in clubs and they ended up becoming a progressive rock band, but uh, but that's another story. Uh the 700 track on Philip Random's list, which we're going to listen to now. And by the way, the, uh, the, one of the reasons we're hyping this right now is that the, is that the countdown is is climaxing in the next couple of shows. Uh, basically, on June 8th, uh, Vancouver time, we're at, starting at 9 p.m. on CITR. We're going to do the final 20 or so songs, get to number one, and then who knows what happens after that? Maybe start all over again. Uh, but anyway, the 700 track, which was a long, long time ago, this got played. Robert Fripp and Peter Gabriel, Exposure. And this is actually a randophonic edit. That, that's something we haven't talked about. But basically, among other things, he, Philip Brandon left us a pile of vinyl, but there's also various reel-to-reel tapes where he'd actually sort of, he'd improved songs. And I'll just let him explain this here. Exposure is a song, for lack of a better word, that prog rock masters Peter Gabriel and Robert Fripp put together for Gabriel's second album. While punk was erupting in the background, bleak, abrasive, creepy, it was determined it seems to drive some kind of a wedge between them and their previous audience. Then, to drive the point home, Fripp made it the title track of his 1979 solo album, his first release after five years in the wilderness, laying low, hanging with various mystics and disciplinarians. Attached now is a different singer, a woman named Terry Roche, who took things even further than Mr. Gabriel to the point of hurting. Because, to quote Mr. Fripp, the old world characterized by large, unwieldy, and vampiric organizations was dead. And what did the new one sound like? Small, independent, mobile, intelligent, and definitely up for a fight. Number seven? Hundred. Robert Fripp and Peter Gabriel exposure a rando edit on Philip Random's 1111 greatest songs you've probably never heard of all time. It's impossible to achieve the aim without suffering.
continue. dream to fight the unbeatable foe to bear with unbearable sorrow and run where the brave never go unrightable wrong to love pure and chaste from afar to try when your arms are too weary to reach the unreachable This is my quest To follow that star No matter how hopeless No matter how far To fight for the right Without question or cause To be willing to march into hell For a heavenly cause And I know my heart will I peaceful and calm when I'm late to my rest and the world will be better for this that one man Torn and covered in scars Still strove With his last ounce of courage To reach The unreachable
listening to the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show with guest DJ Bill Mullen. And Bill, what have we been doing here today on the Nardwar the Human Serviette radio show? Trying to make sense of what I've been doing on the radio for the last almost a uh, year and a half anyway, which is counting down those 1,111 greatest records you probably haven't already heard as selected for us by my old friend Philip Random. And you've been on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show before, counting down some of the music. We've been doing different sort of numbering, haven't we, in the countdown here? It's not in order what we've been no, doing. No, we're just sort of kind of randomly, as Philip would no doubt approve, uh, and just l- grabbing tracks. And, and last time, we played some Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, and there was some discussion about Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Noticed a bit of online discussion about Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. I think people were just sort of surprised to hear it and reminded, as I was when I dug it up, that's actually a pretty hot track, Takata from Brain Salad Surgery. I mean, how do you go wrong with an album title like that? You know, it's. Uh and we just heard right there, clocking in at number five seventy-eight. Speaking of brains, that was the mothers of invention, Frank Zappa himself and band. Who are the Brain Police? About which Mr. Random notes, it's 1966, and it seems only Frank Zappa realizes how freaky and weird things are about to get. And he never even did drugs beyond cigarettes and coffee. Nevertheless, he could see them, the brain police, or more to the point, he felt them because you can't see the brain police, can you? They're within you, hiding behind your devices of oracular perception, taking notes. It's true. The mothers of invention. Who are the brain police? <laughs> from their, that, That's actually from their first album, uh, uh, Freak Out, which is an amazing, amazing record for... Number 578. 
Uh, and yes. before that... That was Scott Walker, that odd bit of uh, profoundness. The Impossible Dream. That was 101 on the countdown list. Rarified Air. Uh, and and this, is, this is where Philip... Every now and then in his notes, he starts talking about a movie that never got made, and he starts referencing it here. Because the movie never got made, not properly anyway... Sort of going down the road, the punk version, two losers stumbling around, roading for various loser bands, having shambolic adventures. At some point, they end up in an old-school piano bar, a guy doing half-assed solo takes on various standards, until one of our heroes slips him a 50, it's been a good night, requests the impossible dream, and it turns out the singer is no less than Scott Walker himself, so it's perfect, the theme song for the whole initiative, the big dream never being more impossible than it was in, say, 1985, and thus all the more reason to dream it, because we are human, damn it, our souls demand it. Scott Walker, The Impossible Dream, clocking in at number 101 of Philip Random's 1111 Greatest Songs of All Time You've Probably Never Heard. And thank you, Bill, for bringing all these songs out to the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. And as you mentioned before, June 8th is the big finale. That's when yeah. people should tune in, right? You get the last 20 years. To CITR in Vancouver, Canada, www.citr.ca. Yeah, uh, and we'll be starting early that night. At, we, we usually start at 11. We're starting at 9 that evening. Synaptic Sandwich are making room for us. Thank you very much, Sid. How long have you been doing this? Like, how long does it take to go to full countdown? Uh, well, we haven't done it every week because every now and then something gets in the way. But we started on November 5th, 2011. So a year and a half. And the final, t- it's going to be final 20, not 10, eh? Uh, it's going to be a little more than 20. I just was trying to do the math the other day, and yeah, it'll be something like 20 or 23 songs. And uh, and people can get information on it too if they don't listen live at Rando... Randophonic, P-H, not F, randophonic.blogspot.ca or .com. I think they both get you there. And to end an Ardwarty Human Serviette radio show here today, something by The Clash at number... Uh, 87 and 88. Well, it's only got, yeah. Oh, that's only 87. This is, that's confusing. Um, I like the way you said 87, 88, possibly. That's interesting. <laughs> I think that's because two Clash songs got played in a row there. This is important. Uh, he, he doesn't mention it here, so I'll just mention it. I, I was doing calculations of the band, of the, of what band is on the list the most, or what artists, and people like David Bowie and Bob Dylan are high, but no one was higher than the Clash. They have more selections on the list than any other artist making them maybe not the greatest band ever, but definitely the only band that mattered for a while anyway. And here I'll just quote what Philip Random has to say about if music could talk. Because it was The Clash more than any other band or artist or guru or priest or hockey coach or teacher that finally dragged me kicking and screaming into maturity, I hope I'll never confess to adulthood. And I can even pinpoint the moment. It was late spring 1982. I'm high on LSD, alone at my parents' place, way the hell out in suburbia perilously close to the edge of a nasty dark star for all kinds of screwed up personal reasons when suddenly I'm aware of some great emergency going on down in the direction of the freeway sirens and smoke so rather than just continuing to implode I'm suddenly grabbing my Sony Walkman going for a walk through all these vibrating acres of suburbia all these strangers lives and dramas pulsing through and around me the call of the sirens and the rising smoke reminding me that something pivotal is happening perhaps quite tragic But unlike sitting alone back at my parents, it's not scaring me. I'm up to it. Because I've got the right soundtrack, and I made the call. I committed to it. I chose movement and possible adventure over inertia and certain suffocation. And the song that's playing as I crack this epiphany, as the location of the fire comes into view, somebody's house, a bungalow on Westboro Crescent, the whole block like a fire zone, fire and police lights cutting through all the smoke and fading light of dusk. The song is If Music Could Talk, from Sandinista. 
as if to clarify that that's precisely what it had been doing, talking to me. Welcome to the rest of your life, man. So much of it destined to be lived in twilight zones such as this at pivotal moments of collapse, which is why the right soundtrack is so damned important. What did you think of Sandinista? Like, Philip Randall enjoyed it. Here, obviously, number 87 or 88. What did you think of Sandinista, Bill? I'm definitely on the Sandinista is probably... Maybe not their best album, but my favorite album of theirs. Hard to argue with London Calling being the best. What do you think about songs like Stand By Me, you know, the unnamed Stand By Me? But that's on London Calling. Right, that's what I meant. But what do you think of tracks like that? What if Philip would have thought of tracks like that? You know, the more commercially Mick Jonesy ones. Yeah, not a... I mean, Mick Jones is better in The Clash than he is solo. Uh, His whole career lays that out. But the great thing about that track is they didn't didn't even list it. I mean, The the Clash had this, this kind of magic that, you know, that no band had had since The Beatles of just being mysterious, strange, and as has been said about them, the only band that mattered, for a while anyway. And, uh, and, and the great thing about Sandinista is it's just so dense. There's so much stuff on it. And that, that's, that's why I would list it as a favorite, and I'm pretty sure Philip did too, because it's, uh, you can spend the whole night with that record and not get bored. And we're also going to try to jam in a few more here, Bill. Yeah, we might hear some Buttholes, uh, Sweat Loaf, which is their cover of a... Uh, of a uh, uh, Black Sabbath song, sort of. Um, Philip wrote a lot about this. I think we'll just go with the uh, the lead bit here, which is because somebody had to do it, finally deliver so-called rock and roll that was the manifestation of everything any decent God-fearing parent or businessman or teacher or priest or shopkeeper or hockey coach had ever feared about it and worse. Like that family of three that went missing near the Butthole Surfers compound in rural Texas, the young boy murdered by the band, barbecued and force-fed to his father, who went mad and was later found wandering naked at the side of the road, babbling, claiming he knew the truth about who killed JFK and the Jonestown massacres, and how the Trilateral Commission figured into it all. Meanwhile, the mother just joined the band, danced with them on stage naked, and helped sell merchandise afterward. So that's about the buttholes. And before that, we're going to try to jam in one extra one that I thought would be interesting because you had brought it up there a few times that we should actually get and play some Sir Doug. The Sir Douglas Quintet plus two. Not to be confused with the Sir Douglas Quintet, which was, it's the same, I'll just read. This was number 908 on the list uh, from a 1968 album called The Honky Blues. Uh, take a 60s Texas bad boy who really just wanted to be a Beatle, dump him into Summer of Love, Haight-Ashbury, San Francisco, while on the run from a marijuana bust, and you've got the recipe for some pretty serious vibrations, man. Serious enough to percolate through the decades and finally find me in fall 1991 on some unnamed isolated island, seriously wondering if the world was going to end at midnight New Year's Eve. Half seriously, anyway. Anyway, the song settled me. Well, thanks for coming into the Nardware to Human Serviette radio show, Bill Mullen, curator of Philip Random's 1,111 Greatest Songs of All Time You Probably Haven't Heard. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Uh, just one more reflection on what it's actually called. It's called the All Vinyl Countdown and Apocalypse. And again, the answers to most questions are on the website. And here's The Clash at number 87 or 88. Yes. If, <laughs> 87 or 88. If music could talk. On the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. Thanks much, Bill, and doot doot a loot do. Doot do.
someday, baby, sooner or later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, honey. Funny thing about regret is that it's better to regret something you have done than to regret something you haven't done. And by the way, if you see your mom this weekend, would you be sure and tell her, Satan! Satan! Satan!
And you're still, still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Again, all these tracks have been selections from Bill Mullen's show, Randophonic, that is on at 11 p.m. on CITR here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on Saturday night. Saturday at 11 p.m. Tune in this Saturday so you can hear what number. Bill, what are you up to right now on we'll Saturday starting, on Saturday uh, night? I think we'll be starting at number 38. Number 38 this Saturday. Inside the top 40. Number 101.9 FM www.citr.ca. So we just heard right there the BH Surfers, the Butthole Surfers. Before that, the Sir Doug Plus Two. Just quickly though, Bill, I know you're still hanging around here in an Ardwardium Human Serviette radio show. The Sir Doug Plus Two, that was a pretty rare one, wasn't it? It's not the Sir Douglas Quintet. No, that, yeah, that's, uh, that's an album, like I said, like as Philip Random said, he recorded that in San Francisco right at the peak of the hippie thing. While he was literally on the run from a marijuana bust, I've done that much research into it. But you can't find that record anywhere. It's, uh, well, except I found it. Uh, or, or perhaps Philip did. Anyway, I think we both had it. Anyway, it was uh, a, uh, just, just, it was found in a bin in uh, Victoria, British Columbia. So. And we began with some Clash there as well from Vancouver, British Columbia. Did you ever see The Clash? Uh, twice. You. I saw them twice. Whereabouts? I didn't see them when I should have seen them. I didn't. I, I could have gone to the show at the Commodore that everyone, you know, everyone that was cool saw. But I wasn't cool until at least the early 1980s. No, I saw them at the uh, Carisdale Arena, which was which was good. It was the Combat Rock tour, and then and then later on it was the Clash that was missing a couple of key members. The I still love that album. This is England album. The, the well, you know, the crap album. That that show they did at the, at the it was at the Pacific Coliseum, and it was Joe Strummer and Joe Simonon and, and three new guys. Paul Simonon. Paul Paul Simonon. Right. That was. A great show. They played they, essentially. It was like a, a, a Clash cover band with Joe Strummer and Simonon in it. So, you know, like it wasn't perfect, but in a way, but but they they played all the best songs. And I actually ran into Joe Strummer once and brought that show up, and he said, "Oh yeah, Vancouver. We were actually good that night," because he hated that tour. But apparently, that that show stood out. So, where did you run into him? Uh, at some art opening uh, when when the Pogues were in town, and he was he was he was singing lead for the Pogues. And uh, a friend of mine, um, uh, he basically had a joint that he'd finished finished with, and he just passed it, passed it to the person next to him, and it ended up being Joe Strummer. So he ended up buying us all beer. It was good. Great guy. But you did see the definitive Buttle Surfers gig. Uh, yes, that was uh, 1987, as I recall, maybe 88 at Graceland. And uh, that was the one where the rumor that spread was that uh, I heard this from Jay Scott who was who was the promoter on the gig um, he got a call the next morning from from Gibby Haynes dad saying can you confirm the rumor I've heard that my son was murdered on stage last night in Vancouver and what had happened was in the midst of about 20 minutes of solid feedback and and strobe lights Gibby who was very high on mushrooms fell and cut himself badly but he didn't die but that's how rumors used to pr- spread in the old days, even without the internet. Word got out. Amazing. Thank you again, Bill, for coming into the Nerdwater Human Survey Radio Show. Bonus do toots, do to loot do. Do to. Bonus do toots. And speaking of rock and roll, this Saturday night in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, thank you, Kara, for sending me this CD. Striker are going to be playing a great, great metal band from Edmonton. Striker are going to be playing, and we're going to play a track by Striker. Forever by Striker. And they're playing this Saturday. Tomorrow night, Saturday, June 1st at 
funky winter beans. Winker beans. Winker beans. I'm sorry. Fun- sorry, Wendy13, for making that mistake there. Have you been to the Winker beans? I was there before, before they took the bullet holes out of the wall. Baboom, what was it called then? It was still called Funky Winker Beans. There was a, a at least one person murdered there, maybe two. It was this weird incident in Vancouver where some guy got drunk down there, shot somebody, at least one person, maybe two, got in his car, drove to Richmond, walked into the RCMP and shot the first copy saw as well. It was quite brutal. When was that? Uh, early, late 70s, early 1980s. But basically the thing, the, the cool thing to do in those days would be to go drink down there and, and note the bullet holes which were still in the wall. So... So go on down tomorrow night to Funkies to go see Stryker from Edmonton. And here's a sampling of Stryker on an Artwater Human Serviette radio show with Forever. Ha <laughs> ha 